Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, I played games. I was just like, yo, if I'm in a relationship, like you're going to fall harder than me. I'm not going to be all in this. I'm going to play with your emotions because I want to make sure I don't get played. It's like this, like you said, cat and mouse for real. And then also like communication was so poor. And I noticed that the more that I became a better person individually, like not for anyone else, but for myself, it allowed me to be a better partner. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit cultivatingherspace.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Our quote of the day. In order to maintain a positive and secure relationship and to become a better partner, one should focus on becoming a better person. That quote comes to us from Shamira Howard Blackburn, sex and relationships therapist. Now, lady, I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back, because I think this is a good one. In order to maintain a positive and secure relationship, And to become a better partner, one should focus on becoming a better person. T, when you hear that quote, what comes up for you? You know what, Don? When I hear that quote, it makes me think about the way that I used to think about relationships and and the way that I think many of us have thought about them, where you are looking for what the other person brings to the table, right? You're very much into their attributes and why they're a good fit, why they may not be a good fit, why they're a good partner, why they might be a bad partner. And I think that this is sort of reframing that conversation and putting it back on us, which Mm -hmm. is how I think it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, I would agree. I think that it truly is about self. Like when we focus on being our best self, then if we're single, we will attract healthy people, right? If we're in a relationship, then 
we are able to grow and flourish with our partner because we are being our best version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's really good. It just has my mind thinking about different relationships I've been in in the past or different situationships. And a lot of it has to do with how I thought about myself, how I treated myself and how I viewed myself. And I'm thinking about the situations in particular where I put up with some BS or yeah. it was like a toxic situation. And I'm like, oh, wow. It's very easy to point the finger at the other person and say, this person did that, this person did that. But I have to have an honest conversation with me and think, okay, well, how were they able to do that? Did I allow them to do that? And most of the times it's like, yeah, my self-esteem was low and you know, I showed up in a certain way. And so it just, it makes me think about a lot. I feel like there's so many emotions and feelings that come around this topic. And I'd love to know your thoughts, Dom, on this, I guess, correlation between how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. And then also how we're treated by others, right? Do you think there's a correlation there? Oh, definitely. I think that, so... Well, okay. One thing I do want to make clear is that I think about folks who are in situations where they're experiencing intimate partner violence. And I want to be clear that we're not speaking to those folks in this, in this conversation, right? That that is a different area in terms of looking at relationship dynamics. Once there's physical violence that enters into the relationship, again, that's a whole different dynamic and that's not our focus for today's Mm -hmm. conversation. So I think about how we each approach relationships and the messaging that we receive about relationships And who we are in those moments, what we may be going through in life, how that impacts how we show up in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I think about like past relationships that I've been in and recognizing that there were times where I was not in a space to receive. Someone who wanted to really have a true partnership and and grow. I also think about relationships, situationships, guys that I've dated where they were looking. They let me back up. They may not have necessarily been looking, but their presentation, their sense of self in the moment was one that needed caring. And I was drawn to that because I am a giver and wanting to heal and fix. And so instead of focusing on myself and growing myself in those relationships, I focused on how can I help heal and fix them? The reality is that that, that's not how relationships work, right? And hence, none of those relationships worked out. Okay, now you got me all curious. I'm like, oh, I have questions. So when you, because I've definitely been there too, where you see someone, maybe they have potential or there's a certain aspect about them that you really click with. And so you're like, oh, well, the other things I can just kind of help them with that, you know, with that stuff so they can be better. When you're in a situation where we sort of take on this, would caretaker be the right role or? The caretaker role, do you find that when we are in those situations where we are the caretaker and we are accommodating and really just sort of growing this person, like helping this person grow and really putting our attention there, do you think that we end up getting the short end of the stick in those situations? Like we're now lacking something because they aren't bringing it to the table? Like, what do you think about those dynamics? Because it sounds like, depending on how we show up in a, like, people are different people with, different people, right? Right. Like depending on how I show up in a relationship, it could potentially bring out certain aspects of someone. So I'm thinking about if someone sees you or me or whoever, and they're like, oh, this person, I can, I get this caretaker vibe. Like they want to help me. They want to take care of me. Shit. I'm a chill 
And I'm going to just let them do their thing because that's how they're showing up. So I'm going to switch my actions based on this dynamic. Yeah, I think that that can happen. I think that also what can happen is that person may not want that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then there comes this resistance of I'm not asking you to fix me. I'm not asking you to heal me, to be a caretaker for me. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. T. Okay. I'm not trying to interrupt the show, but. I had this random idea I want to share with you, and I don't want to forget it. Tell me, tell me, what is it? Okay, so you know how at the start of every new year, birthday, new moon, anniversary, new month, new anything, people find themselves wanting to have a reset, but they're not sure where to start. Mm -hmm, I sure do. What are you thinking? What if we hosted a workshop where we could interact with our listeners to talk about Stuff like self-care and self-love. OMG. And we could even have a session about manifestation, leaving toxic relationships, and becoming our best selves. Girl, I am so excited. I'm sold. We could call it the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. Yes. Yes. That is it. And, and, and. We could even host a live quarterly wind down to check in and build community as we vibrate higher all year. Yo, I love it. I love it. I'm sold. Let's do it. Lady, if this sounds like fun to you, 
Visit newyearworkshop.com and join us for the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. If you want to release baggage, set intentions, and manifest the life you desire, this is just for you, lady. That's newyearworkshop.com. We can't, can't wait, wait to, to connect, connect with you. So I'm going to push back against everything that you're bringing to the table. And if that is how you view yourself, if, if your sense of self is tied to caring for others, then when this other person is saying, no, that's not what I need, what are you left with as an individual? If you don't know yourself outside of that role, right? Mm, that's good. So then you're kind of stuck, right? Because then you're trying to figure out, well, then who am I? And then you may be resistant to not being in that role, which may cause you to act out. And acting out doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. Acting out means you are not presenting in your normal way, right? So it becomes this dance Mm -hmm. of you try to help, this person holds their boundary or they push back, and then you may retreat and withdraw. And the other person may be like trying to come closer, but they're not coming closer in the way that you want. So you become resistant and you pull back even more. And it just becomes this continuous cycle of almost kind of not necessarily cat and mouse, but kind of like that. If that makes, if that analogy, that visual makes sense. It does. And relationships, they're so complex. As you said that, I'm just thinking like, damn, relationships can be so complex. But there are a few things that come to mind when you say that, Don. One is that I think that sometimes, I don't know, I found that sometimes married folk or folk that have like found their person, I want to say, they tend to sometimes have this or share this notion of like, oh, you have to be evolved and you have to be this perfect person before you find your one. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I do think that when it comes to like, what does it mean to be a better person, right? I think that all of this work begins within. It all begins with self. Like there's so much, like we said earlier, so much conversation around finding Mr. Right or Mrs. Right and finding the right partner. But it's like, are you the right partner? Have you become who you want to attract, right? Because you talk about you want to attract this person that has a good job and they're, you know, they're secure, they're confident, they're this and that. Well, my love. Is that you? Because we are who we attract, right? So if you're not becoming who you want to be with, then it might be kind of hard to attract that person because imagine what, what, what do they want, right? In most cases, they're going to want someone that has those same attributes. And so when I, I know when I think about what does it mean to be a good or a better person, I think of becoming my best self, right? So really going within and sometimes it includes working on some of that trauma. Yeah. Healing. I had a lot of healing to do and I wasn't perfect when I, you know, got married or anything like that, but I had worked through a lot of stuff. I have evolved and I'm, I am continuing to evolve because this journey doesn't stop, right? It's an evolution journey through life. But I remember we talked about this in our episode about our personal toxic traits. (laughs) Remember that episode? (laughs) (laughs) And I remember talking about how I was like, I played games. I was just like, yo, if I'm in a relationship, like you're going to fall harder than me. I'm not going to be all in this. I'm going to play with your emotions because I want to make sure I don't get played. It's like this, like you said, cat and mouse for real. And then also like communication was so poor. And I noticed that the more that I became a better person individually, like not for anyone else, but for myself, it allowed me to be a better partner. Exactly. I think that is the key, right? That that's what we would all want to strive for in a relationship, that recognizing that as you become a better partner, the hope is that the relationship grows, the relationship thrives. I will note, though, that just because you as an individual are working on self does not mean that your partner is working on their self, right? Mm-hmm. Does not mean that your partner is going to evolve with you. And I think sometimes that can be a hard pill for folks to swallow. 
is to recognize that, oh, wait, I'm doing all this work on me, which is great, fabulous and fantastic. That's exactly what we want. But then it becomes a hurtful, painful experience when as we're growing, our partner is not growing at all. And so then there becomes a shift in the, in the dynamic of the relationship because one person is moving and the other person is staying stagnant. I think oftentimes that can become a trap or a setback for the person who's focused on growing because then that may cause them to question themselves. And what I would like to encourage is for us to recognize that, you know, we've said it before that everyone is not meant to accompany you on your journey. And as you're continuing to grow and evolve, there are going to be people, including the person you are in a relationship with, who may fall off because your growth isn't matching with their growth. There's so much there. Okay. A few things that came to mind, Dom. One, I think this conversation around partnership can go for friends and your intimate relationships. Okay. So I used to think that people around me, especially, they had to like grow at my rate. They had to be into the things that I was into. So now that I'm like more into spirituality and just diving into certain things, it's like, oh, wait, you guys got to come along with me. But I've learned that everyone does really have their own path. And so sometimes you may, I think there are situations down where it's complex, right? You're with someone and you are growing, like you're very much dedicated to your personal growth journey, right? So maybe you're working on healing your trauma. Maybe you're working on your communication. Maybe you're working on just evolving to a better version of yourself. And like you have these new evolved values and whatever, right? And your partner, maybe they're not supportive of that, right? You could have various scenarios, but maybe they're not supportive. Maybe they have no interest or desire, even though you share those things with them. And you can clearly see, mm, if I'm going this way, and you're going this way, this relationship, it's probably not going to last long, right? Or if it does, it might be one of those situations where we're just in the relationship because it's become a routine and now it's kind of mundane and like, we got the kids, we got the bills, we're just kind of doing this shit just because, right? It could be something like that. But I think there's also situations where maybe you are evolving and your partner, they're evolving, but they're evolving in, in other areas. But then you come together to have conversations about the things that you are interested in and how you're evolving and share those with one another. And it doesn't mean the other person has to evolve at your rate, but maybe they're open to some of the changes that you have. So let's, I'm going to use communication because that has always been like my thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm so proud of myself now. I've evolved so much because I used to be like below the line. I used to just be very immature communicator and I am not all the way there, but like I've come a long way. And so I think about, you know, if you, have evolved communication wise. And maybe you went from, you know, calling people hood rats and cussing them out and just going in and you know what I mean? Like you raise your voice, you might get, I mean, you, I don't know. You yeah, might just all of go it. all out, mm -hmm. all that. And now you've learned to like use your words. You've learned to do deep breaths. You've learned to like, you know, not shoot below the belt or go below the belt and not name call. And maybe your partner might be still into those things, but maybe you usher them into this new way that you're doing things. And so now you both are evolving together. I think that's a possibility too. Yeah. Um, Cause I know we've talked about outgrowing people before. And I think it, you really have to think about your situation. Like, yeah. am I outgrowing this person or is there a possibility for us to do it together? Right. Yeah. I think that that's important, right? Because again, I think as we grow, everyone isn't meant to be on the journey with us. Mm -hmm. And like you pointed out, it doesn't mean that because they're not growing, that it's an automatic end, right? To me, it's about information. We look at it as a moment to pause and reflect and to say, okay, here is where I am. I see that I am changing, I'm evolving. My partner, is stagnant. Like you said, this is, this becomes like a fork in the road. Are we going to 
use this opportunity to advance the relationship, like let the relationship evolve? Or does this mean that we do have to go our separate ways because the rate at which I'm growing or how I'm growing or what I'm growing in now makes me incompatible with this partner? And, and I want to be clear that that doesn't mean that your partner is a bad person, right? I think that there are a lot of times, and this is human nature, to pro- this is about ego protection, right? That when we are in relationships and we feel hurt or we see that there's things aren't working out, it is easy for us to villainize the other person because that protects our ego, right? And I think that what we want to remember here is that in our growth, just because our partner might not be growing with us or they may be stagnant does not make them a bad person because again, every person has their own journey. And we can't force our partner to come along with us. We can hope that they will, but we can't force it. And so really, truly, the focus is about self. And this doesn't make us selfish in a negative connotation. When we focus on self to grow, hopefully what that does is sow the seed in cultivating healthy relationships all around. I love that, Tom. You hit the nail on the head and that used to be me. Like, whoo, thank God for evolution. Like, you're not doing this, you're the villain, but it's all about looking in the mirror. And I think that's a good segue into our seven ways to become a better partner. And number one is having a solid sense of self. And we've said this on past episodes, I think that you know, just no matter what roles you occupy in life, so whether it's wife, mother, you know, sister, daughter, whatever it is, I personally believe that we should all have a sense of self outside of those identities. Like I think it's so important. And for me, the the most important thing about that is, you know, I've watched so many women and I'm going through my own transition. So it'll be interesting to see how I make the transition in this new phase of life as a mom. But I've watched so many women who they take on these identities, right? You're now a wife. You're now a mother. You're now a you know professional at this job. And when you take on that identity and then the identity is either ripped from you or it transitions from your, I want to say, sphere of influence, then it's like, oh shit, identity crisis. And so whether it's like, you know, your partner is no longer there or you get a divorce, right? Or your kids, now you're an empty nester, your kids have grown up or now you're not at that job anymore. You know, yes, it's important to be the best that we can be in those identities, but I do think that having a sense of self and like, who are you outside of this role? What do you like, right? Like what makes you happy? I think those are things that are extremely important. And I think that within that, I'm going to add a little bullet point underneath, like practicing self-care while you are sort of exploring that sense of self is also important because again, I've watched, I mean, the black woman complex, right? Strong black woman that many of us have seen and witnessed. I know I watched my grandmother do everything for everyone. And at the end of the day, oftentimes she got the short end of the stick, you know, because a lot of times if you're not looking out for yourself, some people may, but mm, a lot of times, especially if you're around leeches, people are just going to take, take, take and let you keep caretaking and doing all of that. And then you find out, damn, what do I have left for me? You know what I mean? So have a sense of self. What do you think about that, Tom? Oh, that's spot on. I think that, you know, you definitely want to know who you are. And when you feel comfortable and confident in who you are, then it makes it easier one, to grow, and two, to set boundaries, and then three, be open to life's possibilities. So recognizing that no matter which way the relationship goes, 
that you are still grounded in who you are. And like the example that you gave about like, okay, you get a divorce or maybe your partner unexpectedly dies or, you know, like you said, your kids are out of the house, move out of the house, whatever the change may be, you lose your job, whatever the change is, you have to be aware of who you are outside of all of that. I do want to say before we dive into number two, Dom, I feel like this is not a conversation. It's not something that many women are encouraged to do. And so there may be a lot of judgment around it if you find that you are a mommy or a wife or, you know, a partner and you're carving out time for yourself. Some people will try to shame you and make you feel like you're a bad person because you're doing something for you, but you good. Like, right. like they say, you got to put your mask on first. If mommy's not good, like I know if I'm not good, my household is going to be in shambles because exactly. now I'm going to be pissy. I'm going to be walking around with an attitude. Like I make sure that I take care of my damn self. And then when my cup is overflowing, we good. Exactly. Everybody gets what they need. I'm like, okay, I'm good. So I think everyone just needs to make sure, make sure you are full. Okay. That is so important. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So tip number two, heal from any trauma or past experiences that have had an adverse impact on you. That's real. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Whenever I hear this, I think about Erica Badu's song, Bag Lady. And just, I mean, if you just think about the meaning of that song, that like you can't go into a new relationship carrying all these other bags, expecting that your partner is, your new partner is going to help you carry those bags. Because your new partner is coming with their own bags. And so ideally, we want to come in as baggage free as possible, recognizing that 
there may be some things that we aren't aware of that may come up in a new relationship that, you know, let's say that you have fears of abandonment because your parents divorced when you were little and one of your parents left the relationship and left you at the same time, right? So then there's fears of abandonment. And you were fine going into all other relationships all along. That wasn't the issue. And then all of a sudden you're in this new relationship and it feels amazing and it feels better than any other relationship you've ever had. And one night they're running late from work and they don't call and they're stuck in traffic and you don't get a call until they show home four hours late. Meanwhile, you are freaking out because you're wondering where the hell are they? And your fear of abandonment starts popping up and you didn't even realize it was there. That's when you go and talk to your therapist, have a conversation with your partner and talk with your therapist because you want to make sure that the healthiest version of you is willing to address when things come up. You want to focus on healing past traumas because how that could show up in your relationship is, okay, so now your partner gets in the door and the first thing you do is go off on them for not contacting you. You unpacked your bags and shit. You ready to go. You're like, I'm leaving. I'm out. Like, Like, I'm going to walk out on you before you walk out on me. And they come in And they're frazzled because they were in traffic, their phone died and had no way of communicating and they were stuck for hours in traffic. And so their stuff is their anxiety is being activated because they were in an anxiety provoking situation. Then they come home and you're at their neck about not communicating, not letting you know where they were. But they couldn't. And it becomes this whole big thing unless you are willing to step back and say, oh, wait, hold on. Let me one tap into what do I know about this person? Is this behavior common in this person? Is this the first time that it happened? And also, what is really coming up for me? What's really beneath this? If I know that this isn't a pattern of behavior with this person. That question. Right. And then once you have an awareness of what's coming up for you, letting your partner know, oh, here's what came up for me and why. And again, like I said, working with your therapist to process through that, but having continued conversations with your partner. And that's a great segue, Don, right into number three, which is learn to communicate honestly, openly, and clearly. And so I've learned that, you know, my personal best practice is no name calling, like take ownership of your feelings, use those I statements, you know, because at the end of the day, one of the things that I've learned on my communication evolution journey is that think about the end goal. My goal in communicating my concern or this issue with you is that I can express myself, I can get some validation, and we can figure out a plan for moving forward, right? And so if that is the goal, typically when you converse with your partner, how are you initiating the conversation to facilitate that type of outcome, right? And so for me, I've also realized that knowing what you want and how you want it and knowing how to say it, that is priceless. The one thing I love, Dom, about getting older is that I am very specific about the things that I want. Like I know what I want. I know how I want it. I know when I want, like I am very clear on that in various arenas of life. And I'm able to communicate that. Whereas I used to be like, oh, I don't know. Oh, you know, whatever. Or just not knowing at all. But now having lived a little bit of life and, you know, like when it comes to like your favorite food, right? Or like how you want your hair or how you want certain things done. Even if it's something sexual, it's like, Hey, this is what I like and being able to communicate that. And then I would also say when it comes to communication, another thing that makes me think about is just having self-respect as far as, you know, what we tolerate and how someone communicates with us. 
and then knowing when to apologize. I think that's all baked into communication. And I know for me at this point in life, you know, being a person that used to tolerate a lot of like nonsense and, you know, people talking to me in a kind of way, I have such a high standard for the way that I speak to myself, like the internal dialogue, the, the standard is so high. Whereas I used to call myself names and used to beat myself up a lot. I still hold myself accountable, right? But I use different language. And so that means if someone is coming at me a certain kind of way, we're not going to be able to have a conversation if you're coming at me sideways because I don't even talk to myself like that. Right. So I don't care, mama, daddy, husband, child, like I don't care who it is. We're going to have to figure out how to have a conversation where the respect is there because I now finally respect myself enough to have a high standard where you're not just going to come talk to me crazy. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I know exactly what you mean. And I think that it takes practice to get to that point, right? Yes. Definitely take some practice. And I think that that leads us to our fourth tip, which is listen. Because as you are listening, that provides you with information, right? So that provides you with information on whether or not this person how the other person is communicating with you, if it's something that flows with your boundaries. So as you're listening, is this person raising their voice and yelling at me? Oh, they are. I'm out. Right. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to state that this is my boundary and then remove myself from that situation. But I'm also going to listen for understanding their perspective. Because I think sometimes when we're in the heat of the moment, we can get so caught up in making sure that we communicate our point of view that we stop listening to the other person. And that's what can lead to further miscommunication. Because if I go back to the example of my partner was sitting in traffic and then they come home. If I immediately start in about what my needs are and what I'm not going to tolerate. And if I'm not listening, I'm going to miss them letting me know. One, what the real issue was, was that they were stuck in traffic and their phone died. Right. So then that means, OK, wait, maybe we need to have a conversation about. One, keep making sure your phone is charged and two, making sure you have a car charger. Right. So like that's an easy problem solving. If we listen. We can also be missing that they're saying that they were anxious, too. So we're missing an opportunity to. Offer empathy to our partner because we are so caught up in our own stuff. So I think that listening is key on so many levels. Yep, I would agree with that, Dom. I think that listening is absolutely key. And only thing I would add there is when you're listening also, I think sometimes we can be so centered on ourselves that we don't take the time to listen to like, what is your partner's favorite color? What is their interest? Like indulge them in like a TV show that they like, right? That you may not understand, but listening to, you know, what excites them about it, just showing giving someone that type of attention and actually listening to understand, like you said, and not to respond or not to share your personal input. There's time for that too, but just really listening to get to know them, I think is key. And that takes us to number five, which is show, don't tell. And this reminds me of the conversation. I feel like we may have had conversations about this before, but about love languages and how I think many of us have probably been in this position where you've loved someone or given something that you would have wanted, right? It's like the golden rule, treat people the way you want to be treated, but really it should be treat people the way they want to be treated, right? And so if I know that my partner really appreciates words of affirmation, but I'm out here trying to get the PS, what is it? PS5? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. I don't keep up with these things. Okay, yeah. I, think, not, I think you're right. I saw it trending. I'm not really into, you know, video games anymore, but you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? I go out and get, you know, all the things that, I don't know. The latest. The latest gadgets, all that stuff, right? I go out and get that. 
the whole time, my partner's like, but all I wanted was like a poem. All I wanted was like a thank you note. You know what I mean? And I, I'm trying to do the things that I would want someone to do for me. So I think that goes back to listening, understanding what do they really want and need? And then how do I actually show them that and not just tell them like, oh, I appreciate you so much. I love you so much. Well, how can I show that in action? And so I think that's also a really important one. And then it also makes me think about how changed behavior is the best apology. So when we are showing and not just telling, that is a key. So I know for me personally, there have been conversations that you know I would have in a relationship about things that I need to work on, right? In addition to things that partner needs to work on. But for me, instead of just going over those things every time we have a disagreement, I began to write them down and think, okay, what can I actually do to get better with doing X, Y, Z? You know what I mean? Instead of just saying, oh, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. But really, if I'm not working on it, it, it's probably going to keep happening over and over and over. You know what I mean? Because there's no intentionality to the action. So show, don't tell. Yes. And I, I would agree with you on that, that like actions definitely speak louder than words. So, and within that, I think that leads us to our tip number six, which is be considerate. And I think you gave a great example with the love languages, right? That being considerate to me is about taking that into account. Like, what is your partner's love language and how can you communicate to them in their language? And also being considerate comes into play when we talk about listening, that If I am really listening to my partner to understand them, then I would know, okay, my partner's having a rough day at work. So maybe I'm not going to talk about my issues at work, or maybe I'm going to make sure that maybe their favorite meal is ready when they get home. You know, to me, being considerate is acts of kindness or thinking about, okay, My partner has to get up at 5 a.m. to get ready for work. I'm typically a night owl. Well, if I know my partner has to get up at 5 a.m., I'm not going to just crawl into bed at 2 and reach over and say, hey, ready for some sex? When I know (laughs) that they got to get up at 5 in the morning, even though I might be horny as hell, I'm going to hold that sex in or I'm going to go in the bathroom and get one of my sex toys and figure it out for myself and wait until find a convenient time for both of us to have sex. That's being considerate. Those are very good examples. I love that. (laughs) Good examples. And our last one here, number seven is accept your partner for who they are. I don't know about you, but I think we all have a little quirkiness in us or many of us do. Many of us have a little quirkiness. We have idiosyncrasies. And so, This isn't always an easy one if you, you know, I'm sure if your partner does some weird stuff, but I think just accepting them for who they are is really important. And I think that when you have a space where you can just be yourself unapologetically and authentically, it's just just so freeing. You know what I mean? So I think that is the last one that kind of closes out our seven ways to become a better partner. So to do a quick recap, we have number one, which is have a solid sense of self because all this work starts with within, right? It starts with the self. Number two is heal from any trauma or past experiences that have had an adverse impact on you. Number three, learn to communicate honestly, openly, and clearly. Number four is very simple, or maybe not, but listen, listen. (laughs) That's number four. Number five is show, don't tell. Number six is be considerate. And number seven is accept your partner for who they are. I think that this is a great way for us to start off our sexy self-love series that will be coming to us for the next month. Lady, you want to make sure you tune in because, cool child, when I tell you, listen, girl. I'm not ready. I'm clutching my invisible pearls. Like, Dom, you want to give a couple teasers on the sexy self love series and what's coming up next month? 
I mean, you know, we're going to talk about some sex toys. Sex toys. We're going to talk about polyamory. We're going to be talking about our chakras. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's about to go down. down. And lady, the conversation isn't over, by the way. Dom and I are about to go hop on Patreon, and we're going to do an after show about today's episode. So you can visit our website, herspacepodcast.com, click on Patreon and the top tab, and come and join us so you can tune into this conversation. We hope to see you there. Hey, lady, it's Terry here from Cultivating Her Space. Are you tired of working hard for your money? Do you want your business to run smoothly when you're out of office? If you want to learn how to automate your business cash flow and increase your impact and influence, join me for my free workshop at brandwithterry.com. Again, that's brandwithterry.com. My name is spelled T-E-R-R-I. Hope to see you there, lady. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am aligned with my inevitable outcome. We'll see you next week, lady. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.